0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: I'm not concerned about why something isn't going to work or why we can't do it. I'm concerned with how can we make something happen? How can we overcome this obstacle or Mm -hmm. this problem? And if you approach this business with that mindset, I believe you're a lot more likely to succeed.
0: Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I wanna invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com, and in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going.
2: Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today... We'll be speaking with Phil Capron. Phil, how are you doing today?
1: Phil, I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. Phil's background is that he purchased his first property back in 2010 while in the Navy. At that point, he also got his real estate license and then flipped some homes and bought and held some single family homes. And then a few years ago, he transitioned into multifamily. He currently has a portfolio of 244 multifamily units. He is also a senior mentor with the Michael Blanc program. He has a book coming out, or it might be out once this episode airs, and that is Your VA Loan and How It Can Make You a Millionaire. Phil is based out of New York City, and you can say hi to him at philcapron.com. So Phil, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
1: Yeah, for sure, Theo. Thanks. So that's pretty much it. I'd just gotten out of special ops selection to become a naval special warfare combatant craft crewman. That's a lot of words basically for the guys that take Navy SEALs to and from their maritime missions on small, fast boats. We jump out of planes, shoot big guns, do some other pretty cool stuff. So I had just moved from Coronado, California to Virginia Beach, Virginia, and rented a apartment with a couple of my buddies from my class And I'd always instinctively known that there was something to this real estate thing. And 2010, looking back, obviously, that was a pretty good time to buy. So I had to decide whether I got the two-bedroom, one-bath on the beach or close to for what was my budget, about a quarter million, or whether I went into the city of Norfolk, which is slightly less desirable schools, and it just doesn't have that Virginia Beach zip code, and get a four-bedroom, three-and-a-half bath for the same price. So I chose that route. I moved my couple roommates from my apartment in as well as one other guy. They paid my entire mortgage while I lived there and all my utilities. So of course I reinvested all the money I saved into real estate. Just kidding, no I didn't. I wasted it on really dumb stuff. So the book that just came out, Your VA Loan and How It Can Make You a Millionaire, shows veterans and active duty personnel how with a few strategic decisions early on in their career, they can acquire and manage enough real estate just with that program to separate from the military after a full career as a net worth millionaire and ideally have a cash flow that would replace their active duty income. So when they get out, they're not forced to take a job that maybe doesn't agree with them. They spend a lot of time away from friends and family serving our country, and I believe that they have more to give. I want them to be financially free so they can do things like coach Little League, volunteer in their church, run for office, or even just chase a little white ball around or or take their significant other on a cruise around the Mediterranean. I believe they've given enough. And via the VA loan, I think that financial freedom truly is possible for these American heroes. And that's what the book's about. From there, as soon as I separated from the military... I started selling my buddies' homes and also listing them when it was time for them to transfer. And I saw a lot of really bad advice was being dispensed. The saying that I have is all men are created equal, all real estate agents are not. So buying your first home is your largest financial decision to that point in your life. you got to make sure that you're doing it right. It's not like buying a car or buying a jet ski or something. There's real consequences associated with it. And as many folks as I can get to understand how powerful of a vehicle it is, the better. So that's my mission. Sold a lot of homes, got into flipping, did a few dozen flips over a handful of years, and and actually kind of lucked into my first multifamily purchase. It was a 13-unit. I took one of my buddies, who's also a veteran, and had about 30 units at a time. I took him to this property listed around 900 grand thinking this would be great. I'd get a $27,000 commission if I can get them to buy it. They couldn't make a deal. But then the other broker approached me and said, well, if it was seller finance, would you buy it? I said, well, I guess I'd never considered that. Long story shorter, ended up buying it for 900000 100000 down and negotiated seller financing for 30 years, a uh, 30-year AM and 30-year term at 6% without so much as a credit check, which is a pretty good result in my opinion. And also the first six months, no principal payment. So the full mortgage payment is just under $5,000. My payment the first six months was just over $800. So that enabled me to cash flow just under $45,000 the first seven months. And it's been some important lessons learned with that little property. It's actually pretty difficult to manage. And I might consider selling it soon. But without it, I wouldn't have acquired a little over 200 additional units in the last few years. So I'm very thankful for it. And that kind of brings me to present day where I'm helping people get into multifamily with Michael Blanc and his program and raising money and and doing deals. So I've been talking for a real long time. Yeah, I'm (laughs) going to be quiet now, but that's everything. Uh,
2: Thanks for sharing that. So for that 13 unit deal, that $100,000 down, how did you fund that? Was that your own money or did you raise that capital? So
1: that's a fun story in itself. I had a buddy who we did a lot of flips together. He's a military guy from the special ops. We went through class together and said, Hey buddy, here's how this is going to work. 50, 50. Two weeks before closing, he said, You know what? I'm not comfortable with this because my money's going to be tied up for too long. I'm out. So I now have to go and approach the seller and say, Hey, I actually don't have the money anymore. So he said, What can you do, young fella? Because this guy's basically looking at the seller financing as retirement and generational wealth for His kids and I had about 25 grand in the bank, or something like that. And I'm supposed to say something less than that, obviously, just simple math. But I got nervous because I could do 40. And he stuck out his hand. He said, Okay, let's close in 10 days as planned. I go, Oh no, (laughs) now I need at minimum 15 grand. So I went on the hunt to other friends that we'd done real estate deals with in the past, ended up raising 35,000. I figured, Well, if I'm raising money, what might as well raise money. And I closed on that transaction with $5,074 and one cent of my own money, which was pretty cool being that we brought in 45 the first seven months. The ROI on that is solid. I don't know how to compute it exactly, but it's pretty good. So he gave me a second for 60,000 in a year to pay it back. So I did that at the end of year one. And now it's not a killer, killer deal. My cash flow is about 1500 bucks a month, but it's extremely highly leveraged. And like I said, the law of the first deal is Michael Blanc likes to say it got me into all these other deals because it exactly. proved concept, proved concept. Exactly. You know, the rent started rolling in. I'm like, they were right. It just mm-hmm. keeps coming.
2: This is great. What about your second deal? Let's talk about that.
1: Okay, my second deal, 108 unit portfolio, Norfolk, Virginia, six buildings. So I'd learned a little bit on the first one, but still largely didn't know what I was doing. But I was fortunate to surround myself with really strong partners, a commercial real estate broker with 30 years experience, one of the biggest residential brokers around who owns a property management company, and then a class A contractor, the gentleman who I took to the original 13plex to try to sell it to him to manage the construction. So we all put in an even amount of money and took that down for what ended up being one of the lowest price per door sales of a stabilized transaction in the MSA's recent history since maybe 2009 or something. And the great thing about it was that when the appraisal came in, it came in $1.55 million higher than our purchase price. And the as-completed appraisal, because we did do about a half a million in CapEx, was about $3 million higher. So you could say that was kind of a grand slam. From there, I went on, picked up an 82 unit, with a bunch of partners and then picked up a couple of 20 plexes since.
2: So it sounds like your ability to scale from a 13 to an 108 unit was because of your team, because he said he still really didn't know what you were doing. So you found a really solid broker, management company, and contractor. Do you mind walking us through how you were able to find them, but more importantly, how you were able to convince them to come on your team? with only having done one deal before?
1: For sure. So I like to bring things back to military analogies because they make sense to me and because I believe there's a lot of value in there. When you're conducting a mission, you need to understand what assets you need to execute the mission and multifamily deal is no different. So in your syndication school, guys, if you haven't checked it out, definitely check that out. Fantastic information. You need obviously some cash to close, right? So we needed about $1.3 million. So that's one box we definitely need to check. Then the next box is with a loan, the first mortgage, we need the net worth that's greater than what we're seeking as a loan. That's another box. We need somebody to manage. We need somebody to swing the hammer because some of these units legitimately did need work. And then we needed somebody with the experience to keep the project on track and to anticipate problems before they happen and to help us find the best solutions when they inevitably do happen. So my first priority was money and net worth. So I achieved that with one partner. Then the next partner was the construction piece. Then the next partner had the property management arm instead of just a third party, which obviously when you have a great property manager that's a third party and you manage them, it can work out. But I'd much rather... Create that alignment of interest that they want to see my project succeed as much as I do. So, once I had all those boxes checked and we negotiated terms within the partnership, away we went. I make it sound simple there. It wasn't to actually put it all together. But if you're considering your first or next deal, I invite you to write it out. What do I need? Who do I need? What do I need them to do? Where do I fit in? What value am I bringing? And what's that worth to the marketplace? That's, I believe, the key to this whole business.
2: Okay, thanks for breaking that down. That's a really good analogy. I'm sure a lot of your skill sets acquired from the military make you a a fantastic investor just by listening to you break that down like that. So you said that the first piece was the money and the net worth, and that was one person. Who was that? Was that someone you knew? Was it someone you had to find? Yeah, it was somebody I knew, and we
1: were actually flipping houses at the time, so that was pretty easy, so to speak. And then I approached, actually, the contractor next, and he told me no he's like phil i love you but do you really think that we have it to do this i said yeah dude this is a screaming deal like deal of the century let's do this he's like well i don't know the way you frame it looks pretty good but i just don't know so then when i brought in the commercial broker who also was going to provide some net worth and that experience piece that we really needed a little bit of guidance I had my contractor come and walk him through our planned improvement, my, at the time, planned improvements. And it went really well. And afterwards I said, Hey guys, let's go to lunch. I'll treat you to lunch. Appreciate your time. And the commercial broker said, Phil, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. This is a great deal. You've got a great deal. But the only way I'd be comfortable with it is if this gentleman, your contractor is on the team doing the work as a owner, not as an employee. And I said, well, no offense. I invited him first and he told me no. And then the contractor said, well, Phil, if he's in, I'm in if you'll have me. And I said, all right, cool. We got a (laughs) deal. Let's
2: do it. So it sounds like you knew the, the first guy, the money net worth. You knew the construction person. Did you know this commercial broker as well?
1: It was a referral from my accountant. So I knew of him. We got to know one another and then I invited him down. Just actually more for counsel than necessarily as a partner but it ended up unfolding perfectly. So did I get a little lucky? Sure. But luck happens a lot more often when you're doing the kind of problem solving that I described. Exactly. finding solutions. So many people, even students of mine, they're like, oh, I can't buy this. The cap rate's wrong. Okay, why is the cap rate wrong? When you're going through the financials in depth on another deal, the 82 unit, I found a discrepancy in the water. The two years prior, it was 50 grand a year. Then it jumped to 75. So I asked the broker, what's up with this? And this is pre-LOI even. Can you figure out what the deal is? And he said, oh, they just sent the water company out. The meter was broken on the city side and just spinning to the tune of $25,000 a year. At a eight cap, what is that? (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot more. So everyone else's lazy underwriting didn't catch that. We caught it got to the bottom of the problem had it fixed and enabled me to save several hundred thousand dollars oh, yeah. that particular transaction. So I'm not concerned about why something isn't going to work or why we can't do it. I'm concerned with how can we make something happen? How can we overcome this obstacle or this mm-hmm. problem? And if you approach this business with that mindset, I believe you're a lot more likely to succeed. If you're looking for obstacles, even if you're not, they're gonna occur. But if you tackle them head on with, how do we overcome this? I'm not accepting defeat. And there's actually another story kind of on that point with the 82 unit, if we have time, it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, sorry, I'll let you get back to it there as I think I've tangented a bit.
2: I was gonna jump into the, the money question, which maybe you might've just been over, but What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: My best real estate investing advice ever, it's on that same kind of thread or in that same vein. You have to not be willing to accept what is. You have to be able to think of what can be and work to make it so. A lot of folks these days, again, if you're playing in the big multifamily space, deals are really hard to come by, guys. Kind of like the special ops, we do missions that, Other units are incapable of doing. They don't have the tactics, the training, the equipment, whatever, the personnel, most importantly. I look at a lot of the big operators and whatever their criteria is, mine's going to be about the opposite because I'm willing to do work that others in the marketplace aren't willing to do. So I have access to deals that they don't have access to. So my advice would be if you are observing that it's tough out there right now, What can you do different to basically create a little niche for yourself?
2: All right, Phil, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor.
0: Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free, weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net.
2: Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read?
1: Best ever book I've recently read was a reread and it was The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. If you're just getting started, fantastic overview of what it is to invest in real estate.
2: What deal did you lose the most money on?
1: It was a combination of deals. I had, I think, five flips going at the same time. Everything was going great with a new contractor. So I was out in California surfing with buddies in Vegas, hanging out. They asked for money. I sent it. uh, More money. We sent it, sent it. Eventually got back home and found out that really no work was done on any projects and that cost me tens of thousands of dollars by taking my off the prize and not verifying. I certainly trusted but I did not verify that everything was continuing to go well even though the past projects had.
2: What is the best ever way you like to give back? Best ever way I like to give back?
1: I actually have a charity called See Them Soar. I'm embarrassed to admit that we haven't done an event in over a year. But our mission is to enrich the lives of cancer patients and their families by providing an opportunity to go indoor outdoor skydiving at no cost to them. After the military, I moonlit at an indoor skydiving center as an instructor. i still an avid skydiver. So I had the opportunity to take some cancer patients flying. And it's a total transformation. It's a vacation from everything they're dealing with. Their friends, their families are there. It's an amazing experience. So... I need to get back engaged and get some more events booked because it's very fulfilling to do those types of
2: things. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Best ever
1: place to reach me, probably Facebook. (laughs) Embarrassingly enough, Phil Capron is my name. You can also go to philcapron.com, P-H-I-L-C-A-P-R-O-N. And hopefully by the time this is out, your VA loan and how it can make you a millionaire is out and doing stuff with that. So yeah, Facebook or the website, just be patient with me. Kind of a one-man band at this point. I will get back to you if you reach out though.
2: Perfect. Well, Phil, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your experience, your advice. Just a few things that stood out to me. You talked about how you lucked into your first multifamily purchase. You were actually there representing a friend who couldn't bring on the deal. And the broker offered free-to-seller financing. And as you mentioned, your mindset is to not be willing to accept what is, And you took advantage of an opportunity to get into multifamily. And you mentioned you had some issues along the way. Someone pulling out funding last second, but you were able to end up closing on that deal. And you might consider selling it, but as you mentioned, it's the key that opened the door to multifamily for you. We also talked about your second deal, the deal of the century, as you said, or at least the deal of the decade. Because of the lowest price per door in MSA's recent history. And how it appraised for over a million dollars above the purchase price and $3 million above the all-in price. We talked about how you built your team, and you succinctly broke down exactly how you need to approach any type of project in life, which is to figure out exactly what needs to be done, and then where you fit into that. And then write a list of all the people you need, and then prioritize them based off what you need most, and then work your way down that list. And we went over that. So if it's cash to close. You need the net worth, the loan, you need a management company, a contractor, and someone with experience. We broke down exactly how we did that. And then lastly, your best ever advice, which I kind of hit on already, which was you have to not be willing to accept what is and think about what can be and work to make it so. And then you kind of gave the example of you're looking at a deal where the water was really high and you found out that it was because of a broken meter, which saves you a ton of money on the acquisition as well as ongoing expenses. And then you also mentioned that another way to approach this is to have criteria that's the complete opposite of what everyone else is doing and pursue opportunities that people are ignoring. So again, really solid advice, very applicable, especially in today's hot market. Best of listeners, thank you for stopping by. Have the best of your day and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email That's toughdecisions.net. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com.